Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, the only place you can hear banter and debate from both sides of Stanley Park, whether it be blue or red. Sponsored by Their Clothing, Camper Kings UK and affiliation with Betmate. Hello everyone, welcome to Across the Park Podcast, episode 23 of the 2021-2022 season. Um, again, as you, we've got two blues and two reds, myself, Gary Judge and Andrew Price representing the blues and we've got Gary and Gary Murray and Terry McGibbon representing the red side of the park. So again, this is our first, this is our first show We'll be covering the games from the previous weekends as we're going into that lovely time of the year again, the international break. We won't have any previews for this week. Um, and we, we also have a second show coming in a few days that will normally come, up, come out around Thursday, which is our game on show. So that's something else for you to look forward to. So we'll be covering the blue half of the park, unfortunately, first pricey. Um, and then we'll be moving on to Liverpool's two games that they've had in the last week. So briefly covering their victory at Arsenal, which, which took them to another final. Again, the show just gets better and better with the Blues. <laughs> and, uh, and their victory at Crystal Palace at the weekend. So, unfortunately, Pricey, well, there's only one place to start, really, and that's the the game early on Saturday. Um, you know, we, we both went we, we both went into that game with a degree of optimism. I think just the fact that there was a change. Duncan Ferguson was at the helm. You know, for anyone who wants to, to look back at our instant reaction to that, you can still catch that on our on our channel, probably the video just below this one. But now we've had a few few days to digest it, along with the hangover. Um, how are you feeling now, Pricey? Similar to what I was feeling at, at the instant match, to be honest with you. I just think it was, uh, I think it was more determination from the, from the from the players, more effort, but ultimately the quality is just not there. That first half. I mean, the second half, we got a little bit better, created a couple of chances, but the first half, I thought, was really, really poor. From I mean, Villa didn't play well. Villa, Villa didn't need to play well. I think all they had to do was nullify what we were trying to do. Obviously, we were going to be fired up for it and, you know, long balls and maybe get out wide and stuff, which was probably what we were trying to do in the first half. We'd done it more in the second, but I don't think Villa played well at all. Um, I think both teams were pretty poor. It was it was a poor game. Um, but yeah, I was, I was just disappointed. As you said, I went in with a bit more optimism, just purely because... Of last time Ferguson was in charge and, and we got a bit of a bounce and, and the crowd were, were on side and everything like that. I was expecting something similar. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the players. The crowd can only do so much and it's down to the players and the quality they've got. So really disappointing. And uh, and yeah, I, I, I worry for us. I just worry for us at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we said at our times, didn't we, that like, I think one of the, I can't remember who it was, commented saying, oh, the crowd were a bit flat. And I was like, well, the players didn't really give us anything, did they? I mean, I think we I said to you, and I haven't actually checked this stat out, but we didn't have a shot on goal in the first half, never mind on target. I mean, there may have been one that was kind of gifted to or given given to us as a shot on goal, but apart from that, like you say, the hard work and application, it didn't seem to be a plan, did there? You know, that's been the biggest criticism, or it was the biggest criticism amongst others of, of the Benitez time, is that the players didn't really seem to have an idea what they, were, what they were doing going forward. Didn't seem to be a structure to what we were doing. Now, you're not going to obviously get that in a few days, but I was expecting to see some kind of, you know, I don't know, just something different to, to brought to the table. There wasn't, was there? The plan was to have more energy and hope that the crowd got on side and, and, and to try and force a victory that way. That was the plan because there was no... 
tactically it was a four four two. It was it was it was old school and it was it was basic. I mean it was it was it was proper basic. It was a little bit schoolboy at certain points. Um, so the plan was definitely just to show more energy and get the crowd on side. But then once once you get twenty minutes in and then the crowd have sort of had a go and nothing's happening and there's no chances created and, and we're playing pretty poor, like you said, the crowd can only do so much. Yeah. And, and and I said I said on Saturday after the game. The players being up for it, that, that's the minimum. That should that should be every game, no matter what, the players being up for it. So they don't deserve any credit for being up for it. None whatsoever. They should be like that anyway. So the fact that they're up for it and Ferguson came out after the match as well and says, you know, the players are up for it, no one can say they weren't. That's the minimum. I'm not I'm not I'm not giving them any credit for that whatsoever. That, that's what that's the minimum we expect. It just comes down to the fact that we're, we're obviously low on confidence, which doesn't help. But um and you know, you can point to certain factors like Calvert Lewin not being match fit and stuff, but just the quality. I just think I just think we're in a really bad place as a squad. And no matter well, hopefully if someone comes in, you know, before the next game, um, they can try and try and instill something in them. But I think I think we're really we're really struggling and the Newcastle game becomes massive. Yeah, well I agree with you, obviously. I, I don't think um, certainly don't think the crowd or Duncan Ferguson can be held accountable for, for Saturday's performance. Just to focus briefly on Ferguson, though, because obviously he was put in the hot seat, which is responsibility the weekend. He's made a few big calls there. Um, one was obviously putting John Joe Kenny in. Another drop of Michael Keane. You know, there's a, a mix there. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with one. I'm, I'm maybe dubious about the other one. He's played two very defensive fullbacks in, in the shape of Ben Godfrey, ultimately, and, and, and John Joe Kenny. And he's dropped Anthony Gordon. Um, just your take on those decisions in that order. Uh, the John Joe Kenny decision. Uh, I, uh, people have said Coleman hasn't looked on it, but he's he's miles better than John Joe Kenny. Even when Coleman's not on it fully, he's a better player than John Joe Kenny. I think it proved John Joe Kenny on the ball is is not good enough. He's, he's a championship player, very best. I've said I've said it before. I'm not a fan of his, so I think he got that one wrong. I don't see why you would drop Coleman. Um, Michael Keane. He's been. I've been wanting to get him dropped for 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 so long. It's unbelievable. So yeah, bring him in, and that that, that was a, that was. A justified decision because you know Holgate performed reasonably well. There was no real threat, and Jerry, I, yeah, I mean, it just makes a big difference anyway when he's when he's in the defence. He just he just lifts it. Um, Andy Gordon not playing, I think that that's fine. I mean, he came on after I, don't, I can't remember how long it was, it was, sixty minutes or whatever. He came on, he done well. He had a really good half an hour, forty minutes, whatever he played. Um, but I, I didn't I didn't look at it and think he should be playing. I think I, I was fine with Townsend and Gray offering the width. Especially with the with the style of play we were we were going for, um, the the unusual thing for me was was the substitution of Alan for Gomez in in the second half. Uh, I think Gomez was you know, was having a good game. He's one of our of our better players and, and the best I've seen him for a long time. So I didn't really understand the need to swap him for Alan just a like for like replacement. I, sorry, you got booked, Gomez. Got booked, yeah, yeah. I mean, he got booked, but I don't well, see well, any reason yeah. to bring him off. He, yeah. he wasn't like he was throwing he was throwing in challenges and. Never been sent off for Everton either. So no. it's not like, uh, you know, yeah, that was the only. Yeah, he was booked in the first half, but I, I don't see that as a risk. And uh, mm. and yeah, like he'd be brought Gordon on, which was, which was fair enough. But it was a bit like for like. I would have liked to see it wasn't working. Try and change it. Go four three three maybe. Um, so the the starting lineup. I think he got Kenny wrong, but I couldn't. Apart from that, I wouldn't complain about the starting lineup. Um, it was more about the the in game substitutions that I didn't really didn't really understand. Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to them, a couple of the, the, the Villa staff yesterday when, when I um, got over it a little bit, just just saying, like, because I, I know a few of them, used to work with a few of them. And as I said, I don't think there was much in the game. Um, but I think it would be fair to say, 
Duncan Ferguson and, and Everton give you exactly what you were probably expecting. I think there's anything that they didn't prepare for that, that they didn't get from the first whistle. And, and like you say, that was the frustrating thing for me. We're not expecting a masterclass here, but it was only stuff that we were talking as fans saying it was a, it was a, it was an easy one to change. We did have enough, we did have enough attacking options to be able to change the shape, whether it was putting Richarlison out wide just to give their fullbacks a little bit more to think about. I mean, as much as um, Townsend tried and he worked hard, didn't really give us much. It was clear from the get-go that Matty Cash had uh, Damari Gray's number, so even flipping the wingers would have helped. There was nothing, was there? Was no no effort to just mix things up a little bit when we were blatantly, I think the words I used on our instant match reaction to describe it, we were blunt. We were yeah. blunt. We just didn't look like we had a cutting edge. Um, and, and I think he could have done a lot more to, to help with that, not least by by not making um, like for like changes. So I agree with that. One thing, you know, there was a, I think there was a suggestion for me with the changes that he was just trying to make a statement in as, as much, the biggest way that he could. I think leaving the club captain out is a statement, isn't it? You know, I think it was a statement for me. I'm not, I'm not sure whether there's something personal behind it or whether. He was just, he just likes John Joe Kenny, but leaving the club captain out is a statement. Leaving the two signings out completely out of the squad for me was a statement. I, I, I it's, it's, a, it's a bit harsh on them, isn't it? I mean, you know, whether in training they don't look ready is one thing, but hanging them out to dry, I think, was a little bit out of order to a certain extent. I, I think there were spaces on the bench that they could have filled, and I certainly think that having a natural left back on the bench or not having a natural left back was a bit of a mad call. The Michalenko one, I can if Patterson hasn't played, so if he's not if he's not mm. involved in Patterson and he's gone with Kenny, then Coleman's your right back sub, I suppose. Yeah, but Michalenko, he's he's played and, and, our, and our left back's a centre back. So what, what happens if he mm. gets injured? Who, who are you bringing in as a left back? So that was a bit strange. Um making a statement, yeah, he, he could have been, but what that statement is I don't know because <laughs> what 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 was he gaining from from not from not putting him in the squad? I, I don't know. Um, no, so maybe if it was, then when you're saying bringing Coleman out and, and dropping the captain and dropping Keane, he was always going to drop a couple because the, the results had just shown that there needs to be a couple of changes. And I think they are, they were probably the ones he could replace without. You know, I think it does make us weaker putting Kenny instead of Coleman, but but overall, it's not a massive difference. Um, I think they are the two areas that he said I could drop them. I can show that I'm doing something. I'm sure I can make the changes, and still we won't be weakened, if you like. Yeah. I think that that's probably where it came from. Um, but the Michael Keane one, yeah, I mean, you know, he he he'd been needed to be dropped for, for a long time, anyway. Well, one of the players I've just mentioned, then he, he, he played played well. To be fair for Villa, I think the two fullbacks. I mean, we've got to touch on Luca Dean, haven't we, uh, for a number of reasons. But starting with his performance. He's done okay. I don't think he was. I don't. He was exceptional in the game. It was obviously a difficult game for him to come into. It was hostile for him to a certain extent, and and, and we're not going to touch too much on the uh, the supporter who added to that hostility. But um, but but obviously he's the, the biggest thing to to point out is he set the goal up um with his corner. I think I think we had nine corners on, on Saturday, and we were speaking after it. I don't think any of them were any good. I think that, I think after the first corner we put him was all right. But apart from that, the delivery from set plays in general was poor, wasn't it? Um, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a kick in the teeth, isn't it? When you you play it, you not not a talisman team, but he was in terms of assists. Comes back and the one corner they had in the whole game, he puts it on the money and they score. The one, as you say, the one corner with any quality as well, yeah. and and they score. 
it, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's proper Everton, isn't it? That he's going to come and he's going to he's going to he's going to set one up, and and it was a good corner. I mean, it was terrible defending by Richarlison. If that mm. is if that is his job, but I thought Dean done all right. He he done what you expect Luca Dean to do. He played exactly as he would play for us. Gerard's got him playing like like he used to play for us before Benitez came, pushing mm. up when in possession. And he, and you know he's not the best defender, but he does enough to to sort of nullify. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought he done all right. Look at I mean, it's funny because. He should be in our team, shouldn't he? Really, I mean, you know what we've said about the fact that I were, you know, I, I could understand us getting rid of Luca Dean, and but that was on the basis Benitez was staying. If, mm. if Benitez, if you're going to get rid of your manager seven days after after uh, selling Luca Dean, or if was it even seven days? I don't know. Then it's mad. So watching him play was a little bit for me, a little bit like we could we could we could have done with him, you know, we we could have done with him. Um, but yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Yeah, I think you know what you're saying there, Judgy, in terms of like you know the cut your corners and, and your set pieces being disappointing. I think you know you're the same. Duncan wouldn't have had a lot of time to work with the team, you know. But one thing that maybe you could have been the difference in a game is just work on some set piece, different mm-hmm. set pieces, or do something, make sure that delivery is quality because you've got Calvert Lewin back on the pitch, whether he's fit or not, he's still be able to put his head on it, won't he? You've got Mina back on the pitch. Yeah. You know, I think Mina had a good chance, didn't he? He did, yeah. Pitch. He the did. Went just over the bar should probably should have scored. Yeah, it was wasn't it cleared away and then put back into the box. I think. Um, but I, I, no, you're right though, Terry. You're right though, Terry. And, and and again, we did have chance. We did have some chances from. I think it was a set piece. I think he'd stayed up from a set piece and it got put back yeah. into the box. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're right though. It's I, I said earlier in the season we, we were, you know we were obviously conceding a lot of goals from set plays. We conceded another one at the weekends and. One of the easy explanations I had is we were missing the likes of Calvert Lewin, the likes of Mina, the likes of Decore. They were all on the pitch at the mm. weekend. And you would have expected, particularly Gwendy, being the smallest man on the pitch, you'd have expected us to be able to, to deal with that. And, and likewise, like you say, Terry, you would have expected us to have held more of a threat from set plays, considering the, the, the type of player that Ferguson was, the teams he played in, they prided themselves on set plays. The managers he worked under, Joe Royal, David Moyes, they always had a trick up the sleeve when it comes to set plays. So that I think that was certainly disappointing as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it's difficult to set yourself up or to come up with set plays if you haven't got players that are good enough from dead ball situations. And that this team is particularly weak in those areas. Townsend's not bad, but from what I remember, Townsend wasn't put on any of the set plays. It was Gray and it was um Gomez, wasn't it? I don't think. Can't remember who took the corner. I know Gray took a couple of corners. I don't know. I don't know to be honest. Gordon oh, took one, and it's a straight out again at the end. Third time. Um, third time. I mean, that's just that's not acceptable. But I can't remember who took them. To be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, it was um, it was Gomez. It was uh, Tamari Gray, and and like you say, Anthony Gordon took a couple when he come on. Yeah. But yeah. Listen, that that's you know, it was a disappointing performance. I think, like I said to. Um, well, we speak, but we all said, I don't think there's a lot in the game. I don't think it's a game where, like, in isolation, if you were to look back at that in a, in a future season, you wouldn't be going, oh, what a terrible performance that was, how bad were we? I don't think it was any of that. It was just, it was flat, wasn't it? It was just a bit flatter than, than we would have anticipated. And again, just, it looked like a team, so I think I said this in the instant match reaction, it looked like a team that's really struggling for confidence now. Um, obviously, getting into them areas where the likes of Damari Gray and Richarlison, whatever, it just didn't happen for them, does it? Nothing really bounced for them. And and again, I suppose symptomatic of a team that is down there now. And like you say, a team that we're probably worried about more and more each week. Um, 
just just while we're on it, um, and and we're obviously talking about players. Um, we we have our bet make game every week. So looking back at the, the game, I finished second, so we almost had two winners in two weeks from the, from the podcast. I finished uh, second this this week with with fifty eight points. Decore, I, I was shocked. I mean, I had Decore as my captain, and he obviously got took off. He went off injured, which is another blow. Um, Decore got twenty two points for me, so I went for Decore. Yeah. Decore and Fabinho in midfield. Obviously, Fabinho gets a goal. He was my vice captain, Fabinho. So I got thirty four points between my two midfielders, which again so is like they they give tickle their tickles tickles. Yeah, they tickles. <laughs> <laughs> we felt felt like I got tickles when I seen I was second. Um, I went the opposite. I, I had Calvert Lewin as my captain up front. Score, I think he scored me two points. I did have Van Dyke, which was decent. He he, he scored an header. But apart from that, I, I went. I don't know why. I went heavy on Everton. I picked a few Everton players and didn't pick many Villa players, so killed it for me. Um, and the Liverpool players I had Alex, Alexander Arnold and Van Dyke. Done all right, but. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I was twenty six out of thirty one, something like that. So yeah, mine, mine, mine where two goals. I had uh, your your left back in, the one who never even got on. <laughs> <laughs> was. Yeah, that's a, that's a lesson for anyone who plays the game. You can change your team up until five minutes before the game kicks off. So Terry must have been busy then. Yeah, I finished six this week, just outside the paying places. Oh, no, but I had I had the same midfield to call Ryan Fabinho as you judge. But I had Fabinho as my vice captain. But I captain sent. <laughs> And I had Robertson on the bench. If I'd have swapped them two rounds, I'd have been right up there. Yeah, jo- Jolie, one of our mates, texted me and said, if I would have had Robertson in instead of Trent, I would have won it. Oh, really? Yeah. Cheers for that, Jolie. <laughs> 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 Lewin killed me as well. I had Calvert Lewin up front. I think he got, he got three points, Calvert Lewin, so he probably got six for you, Bryce. But I had yeah, Tamari. I had Calvert Lewin up front and Richarlison on the bench. Richarlison got eight. Oh, so yeah, I was a bit with Charleston. Anyway, if if some buts, but um, yeah, yeah, second place, happy with that. But I'm just trying to see if there's any other hat. So the winner was Maraud of our game was Maraud at 92, and he got 60 quid. So well done to him. I'm not sure what his name is. If, if you're all listening or watching, then um, drop us a message your name, mate, and we'll message you next time. But yeah, Gary just outside the points. Was that Army? Is that Mick and Army? Yeah. yeah, that that only happened in the last like 10 minutes of the game as well. Is it the Liverpool yeah. game? Yeah, he was. I think he was second up until the last ten minutes. Oh yeah, that that is the good thing. That is the exciting bit about it when you're watching a game. It does. It, it gives you a bit more interest going in, and it changes so much, doesn't it? Yeah, all the time. Just the yeah, odd tackle good. here and there can change it. That's it, and and that's why going for those those tacklers in midfield is good. So again, if you're looking to play next week, it, it, our game's always on there. I think our, our new our game for this week is already on there. So if you go on, you scroll down. It'll say across the park. Merseyside double. It's only three pounds to play, and again, it's as you've just gathered from our comments there. It's combining the 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 best players or your picks from the um, the Everton games and the Liverpool games for that weekend. So we've got no games to, to, to preview for next time, but I think our our next game is up there, isn't it? Yeah, it's all there. I've got my team in. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Carrie's getting it in early. So the next round of games is in there already. So I'm just looking at it now. It's Everton's trip to Newcastle, which I'm which I'm going to, and Liverpool's home game to, to Leicester. So that's in a, a week's a week or so's time. So so check them out, guys. I think we just brought it up on the screen then. Okay, so um before we do move on to the Reds, and we, we won't take too long on this because I know we've got a couple of games to, to to review from the Red side as well. There's been a, a little bit more 
gathering speculation around the the vacant position of the or the manager position at Goodison Pricey. So the latest candidate who's now top of the market that's gathered a lot of momentum over the last couple of days is Vito Pereira, um, a manager who we did interview a couple of years back. Uh, I've got an interesting little post that I've seen before. I think I put it in our group earlier on. But just just before I do bring that up, Pricey, what what are your thoughts on on that as a potential um, appointment? I mean, I'm not going to say I know I know his tactics, I know how he plays, and what type of manager he is, and that. But just look, look at his list of clubs and how long he spends at each club doesn't fill you with confidence, doesn't he? He's been to China, he's been to Germany, he's been to Turkey. He took, I think, he took a team down in Germany, did he? Yeah, um, Munich, yeah. Yeah, it took them down. Uh, it just doesn't fill me with confidence. I think he's been interviewed twice. You know, he got interviewed before oh. Martinez. And so, he, you're going to say that I sorry he got interviewed a couple of times and what, I don't know why after getting interviewed twice we're going back I just it doesn't it, do, it doesn't fill your confidence does it put it that way no I, I seen this on social media and I just thought it was a dead funny comment put it in our WhatsApp group before and it was like obviously a conversation that maybe took place in his interview so Vito since we last interviewed you for this job you've lasted six months at Olympiacos a year at Fenerbahce that saw you take them to court five months in, at 1860 Munich when you got relegated to the third tier, three years in China, and then five months again, incredibly, at Fenerbahce. What will, you, will you bring stability to Everton? <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, just adds to it. I mean, just when you think, like, we get, can't get worse than this, surely we're going to do something that's going to change our opinion of the club. It just carries on. It's, it's, but it isn't, he's, he's linked to, he's linked to that, uh, Advisor, isn't he? Yeah, well, I forget. I don't know how to pronounce his second name. Kia. Pronounce his second name. Kia. Everyone should call him Kia, like the yeah. car. K- K- he's linked K- to him, and, and he's he's got he's got you know, Mercedes here, hasn't he? I think we're going to talk him now. But he was in the director's box on Saturday. He's sorry, Gary. Go on. We've had a couple of messages regarding him. Um, I'm just going to call him Kia as well, so I can't be bothered trying to pronounce that second name. Uh, Nick Morris, who's a regular messenger to the to the podcast, said, "Does anyone have a brain cell at Everton?" Not only was Kier in the director's box on Saturday, he's rumoured to be interviewing with Mashiri. He's just a leech. And the second one on the same topic is just, who the F is Kier? And why does he have any influence on our club? Yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't answer those questions on it. Obviously, we know he, he's an agent, like Price has just said, and, and that he's he's close to Mashiri, and apparently he's been brought in as some kind of advisor, which is surely a conflict of interest if you're pushing your clients towards the club. Uh, Cannavaro is one of the clients who he's pushed. Um, the rumour is that his interviews didn't go particularly well. Um, Vita Pereira, considering the amount of jobs he's had, probably is very used to interview situations. And if he's got back in a club that he took to court previously, he must be very good at interviews. But um, yeah, again, we I don't think we know much more than anyone apart from the fact that he's you know he's an agent. Well, actually, I, he actually says he's not an agent. When I'm reading up, I was reading up on today. He actually, he actually says he's not an agent. Uh, he's just an advisor to players and to, and to and to clubs on on transfers, which is an agent, isn't it? But agent, that, that just shows you that just shows you probably how dodgy it is. The fact that he's he, yeah, he's, he's saying he's not an agent because you know f- whatever the reason why because he can't get involved in transfers unless you're an agent, and he's saying he's not. So I, I don't know. What's worrying for me is we've got no director of football. Whether he's been edged out on his on Kia's say so or on Kia's advice, we've now got no manager, and Kia's sitting in the director's box with our owner and, our, and our, you know the guy who's supposed to make the decisions, and he's got his ear. 
and he and, and and the person we're now being touted for two days after he's been in our director's box is one of his own clients in whatever shape or form that might look like. That's worrying. That, that that's so worrying, and it's like, as you say, there's conflicts on all type of levels there, and 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 it's worrying that machine is willing to to listen to him and willing to to go with his advice. Um, and it just gets worse for me. It's just just getting worse. It is, yeah. I mean, this is the type of stuff that obviously the the, the twenty seven campaign are, are, are against. Now we we are going to have a podcast with, with these this week, so we're going to obviously hear what someone from the twenty seven campaign or that I think the guy who, who's led this campaign has got to say. Um, so we, we'll be releasing that at some point this week. That I think that's you know certainly one of the issues that a lot of fans have got at the moment is that there doesn't seem to be a lot of order at the top, and what order there is is misplaced. There's people that are making decisions on things that shouldn't be making decisions on things. There's people that are involved in decisions that, that have got no place at the club and have got no role at the club. It, it is, you know, as you said, it's, it's a bit of a mess. Um, but you know, it, again, we, we'll move on. We'll move on in a moment before I do pricey. Just just looking at the ma- the market because that's all we can really, you know, hedge our hedge our bets to coin the phrase. That's all, that's all we can really look at at the moment. Um, is there anyone anyone there now that you go okay? Well, if it's out of them, he'd be my pick, and why? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's there's ma- massive candidates, and this is one of the reasons why I wasn't I wasn't uh, you know saying calling for Benitez Z at the time because I didn't think there was many candidates out there to come in. But from the ones I've seen, I wouldn't mind. I'd, I'd support Frank Lampard, and and and, and you know, I, I, don't, I don't think he'd done as bad at Chelsea as what it's made out that he'd done. I think when you look at the, he was still in the Champions League. You know, he, he had a transfer ban. He brought three youngsters. Um, he done all right at Derby. So I think giving him the chance, but with him, it'd have to be that you'd have to stick with him. He's not. He's not going to be a quick fix. He's going to be someone that you have to invest in, and you'd have you'd have to stick by and allow him to make decisions and support and probably with a, a new a new director of football. Um, but out of all of them, he, he he's the one that I'll probably get behind the most. Um, what about you? Is there somebody you think they would you prefer someone more experienced or? Out of the candidates that are that are in the running, if you like, um, I just think Nico Kovac is a no-brainer. I really do. I mean, obviously, I'm saying a no-brainer when he hasn't managed in the Premier League, but the jobs that he has has had in in three, you know, established top leagues, as in like Germany. Um, you know, he, he's done a bit. He's done a very good job in Germany with, with two different clubs with Frankfurt. He won a cup. He went to went to Bayern Munich, won the double. Um, didn't obviously get Bayern Munich to the heights that they want in the Champions League. So moved to Monaco, done a very, very good job at Monaco. He's left there, ironically, due to a, a bit of a conflict with the, the director of football over transfer policy. But again, they finished third. And, he, and he, you know, when he left Monaco, they, they were sixth in the league. Again, the, the, the style of football that, that he plays, I think, would, would, would be something that the Everton fans could get behind. It's traditional, you know, he... he he plays aggressively. He's very well organised from set plays. It's all the things we haven't had over the last few seasons. But look who am I? I'm just a fan. Um, but you look at that list and you look at every one of the candidates and they've all got massive blotches on the CVs. Yeah. All right, you're right there. Frank Lampard's not exactly got blotches on his CVs. But I think the whole... I don't know. I just question whether he's, his personality is, is a fit for Everton at this moment in time, whether he's got enough of a strong a strong enough personality to deal with some of the things that are going on now. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't know him obviously personally, but just, just, you know, from the, the way he's been in the public and stuff and, and the way he lost the plot at Anfield the other year when there was no fans there, 
Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if he could deal with this type of pressure. It's very different, I think, from, to what he's worked under. But yeah, it, who knows? We'll keep an eye on it. I mean, that as we're as we're recording now on Monday night, there's more momentum gathering behind the fact that a, a lot of journalists are now posting that Vito Pereira has been will sign a contract with Everton until the end of the season. Um, but just while we're on the manager talk, we did get another message from a red. This one question for the Reds. It's from Mick. Which ex-Liverpool legends do we want to go undercover next? I'm thinking to give us a file for six months with Rush as his assistant, finish <laughs> off the good work Rafa started. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's from one of our mates, to be fair. Yeah, you, you've got to laugh, like, you know, I've got to laugh. Um, uh, yeah, it's, um, it wouldn't surprise me. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me, no. He's throwing Pereira in there for us. Yeah, <laughs> All right, but yeah, we, we'll move on. That was a, a long section. Apolog- apologies to Red, but I'm pretty sure you're enjoying it as much as the Blues are, <laughs> are enjoying it in a different way. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll now give you a chance to revel in your latest successes, Red. So again, we'll start with the briefly, with the, the t- briefly, very briefly. They had two 0 victory uh, away at, at, at the Emirates, which which obviously got you into into, into the final at Wembley. Yeah, you know, I mean. Me personally, like I've 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 moaned quite a bit about how, how we've been, you know, a bit dismissive about domestic cup competitions under Klopp. Um, so I'm really pleased, you know, that you know we we've sort of we've managed to get to this final, and and we've seen Klopp take the games a little bit more seriously. Uh, I think he recognised, you know, that once once we cruise through that Champions League group, it, it sort of opened the door for that for us to do that. Really, didn't it, guys? You know, like yeah. playing slightly stronger teams and stuff against you know against Leicester and that. So. You know, I'm absolutely made up to be honest. Like it's been too long, you know, since we've been. Yeah, it was go. only if you look at the starting lineup, it was only really Keller in goal, but that he's already been told that's his competition. And Kate Gordon, who started, who's not a, a regular part of the first team. So, you know, that, that just shows you that he has sort of gone a different route this time round when when we've got to the later stages and being able to put a strong team out and really look like he really wants to go and win it this time. Um, yeah, so. yeah, I'm in the same boat as what you're saying there. I'm, I'm, I'm made up. We've done it because it's been too long. Like I, I know you've, it, it seems ridiculous for saying this when you've got what Everton are going through at the minute on the on the other half of the screen. But it has been too long for us. That the, this team that we've got, the the way we've been, we got to the European Cup final and lost. Then we won the league. We won the European Cup as well. This team needs to win trophies to be held in in such high regard as what we know they are. So. For me to, to be getting to these cup finals now, we've got to go and win it. Though that's your, that's the thing, we need to go and win it. And um, but the fact that we we have took it a little, little bit more seriously and we've got to the final, that's a big step towards it. Yeah, and I mean it, it, it's one of them, isn't it? Like you know, we we've said it loads of times. Like I know Man City have got squad depth that no one else has got. You know, and they can put both sides out in every competition and that. But winning and getting to finals becomes habitual doesn't it like the more you do yeah. it the more it becomes like you know a thing that this is what we do yeah yeah so yeah and they've they've recognized that this is a competition like you take it seriously you can be in a final in february you know like it, it, it's so early on the season well i think what probably kills us plenty of times is we seem to always make the champions league really difficult for ourselves you know like in terms of the group games and stuff so i think that's been the one thing that sort of opened it up for us and and you know, getting to this final, I was just say we've got to go on and win it. And Chelsea are a weird side, aren't they? You know, it's one of them. Like we, you, you don't know, and they could be boss on any day. And there's other games where they look pretty yeah. average. So, um, but I'm just made up with it. You know, like and and we we've got you know the opportunity to get a trophy under our belt. Um, and 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 
you know, what you say, set this side up for, for you know, a, a bit of a tilt towards the back end of the season on Champions League and hopefully, you know, staying in the title race. The other thing is as well, getting goals without Salah and Mane there. Mm. That, that, yeah. That's a big thing. That that was a big worry for us because we rely so heavily on mainly Salah, like, but Mane at times as well. We rely so heavily on them and, and what they bring. The fact that Jota stepped up there and, and got us a couple of goals and, and the rest of the team performed really well as well. It wasn't just, you know, we, we, as I said, then we do rely on them a lot. We, we weren't playing the same way in, in, in a sense. We were bringing yeah. a lot more other players into, into the game, whereas normally it's get it up there and Salah and Mane and, and the, the front, whoever the other part of the front three will do the job. So I, I really like that side because it, it, it could have been a little bit worrying had we struggled to score without them two being there. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. And as you say, Jota in their absence, he has stepped up, you know, like maybe, you know, the weekend wasn't his best game, but certainly against Arsenal, he was brilliant. You know, like really sort of took the fight to them. And he's he's proven to be like a, you know, a very, very astute signing, isn't he? You know, he, he I don't think anyone sort of like at the moment looks at him like he's at their level, you know, a Salah Mane, but he's got a lot of time on the side and, and you know, for, since he's came in, he hasn't really put a foot wrong, has he? He's scoring goals. He's got that little bit of grit and determination that you want to see. You know, someone who backs himself and wants to make an impact on the side when he gets up. Yeah, he's a, bit, he's a bit horrible as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, he, he gives as much as he gets in terms of the stick and the kicking and the, the, the arguing and all that. We haven't got many of them players in our team, so it's good to have someone who's like that because you think back to Suarez as... You know, when he's played against us, he's horrible. You need players like that in your team, I think, because they, they don't have to bring a lot. A lot of the crowd as well. I think yeah. when you've got a player who's a bit of a nach, they, they, get the, they get the crowd up as well, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you look at the likes of Firmino or Origi or Minamino, who were like the alternatives, they're not that type of player, you know what no, I mean? Not so, so, yeah, no, they're, they're absolutely made up. Obviously, you've gone in the ballot there today um, because, you know, we're not all guaranteed a ticket, um, but hopefully, hopefully, I, I manage to get one and, and I'll be going down. Yeah, I'm absolutely wounded. I can't go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm in work on on nights that night, and I've already tried to get a shift swap with three different people, and no one can cover me. Yeah, I'm absolutely gutted. Oh, it's yeah. devastating. If I any of them are watching this, no, if anyone's watching this, get involved. Will you let me go? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But yeah, so obviously, you know, big big win and and, and and great, you know, like set us up really going into the weekend, didn't it? Yeah, and as you said there, like you know, Jota may might may not have had his best game, but even when he doesn't, he still gets in the right places. He still gets you know, he still pops up with, with little touches here and there that are very important. So even though he, he weren't at his best in that game, he was still an important, important part of the team. And mm. I think, you know, Palace is Although Klopp's had a good record against them, you know you're in for a game when you go there. The fans are the fans are really good. You can't you can't compl- you know you can't doubt their fans whatsoever. They are boss, and you get behind them loads. And but I thought the first half an hour of that game, we were as good as we've been all season, if not the best I've seen us play for this season. We were yeah. absolutely brilliant, and I just thought it looked like it was going to potentially going to be four five nil game, and then all of a sudden they just like. Just like they thought, that's it, game's won now, 2-0, and just stop oh, playing. It's a worrying sign, though, because we've done that plenty of times this season. Look at Brighton. You know, when we played Brighton at home, yeah. and we were cruising. And I was like, just, nil again. we're going we're gonna to blitz these, you know, and for half an hour, we were, we were boss. And then all of a sudden, 
took our foot off the gas at the end of the first half and then second half you're clinging on you know like proper yeah. and, it, and to be fair in that game if anyone was gonna win it was gonna be Brighton wasn't it yeah well exactly and to be fair you know if you look on balance of chances and stuff Palace they were good value there for at least a point I thought you know yeah. like they had, they had plenty of uh, big opportunities and you know Alisson kept us in at times didn't he did yeah and then obviously some decisions that, that have gone against them and have gone for us there which I'm sure we'll get to but you know, it is a worrying sign because, you know, City have slipped up there, but they don't seem to do that very often. Do you know what I mean? No. It's like they just steamroll teams, don't they? And it's like we seem to be almost being our own worst enemy, you know, practically like letting teams come back into games that should be dead and buried, you know, like and, and, and with no When problem. we seen them draw, I said, I said while we were out, we'll probably, we'll probably drop points tomorrow. Yeah. It's just that, it's just typical of Liverpool. Every time something like that happens, we just don't take advantage. That, that's what's mad though, isn't it? You know, you've just seen yeah. your closest rivals who you look like you were pretty much dead and buried, not going to be able to catch them. They've slipped up and dropped points. You've got the opportunity then to go and basically make a statement. And it looked like we were about to, as you say, for that half an hour. We, yeah. were, we were incredible. The press was absolutely phenomenal. But then it's like, oh yeah, you know, we actually we'll just we swear this now. Let's just, let's just back off. And it it's it's like what. Why not go and pressure advantage? You know, really, you know, go go and make it a three or a four nil, and, and let them I mean, know we're not giving up. That's the chain. been the difference. That that's where the difference in points have come from between us and City this year. I think the graphic that uh, we we've all seen going around social media, and that City have led in seventeen games and won seventeen. Liverpool yeah. have led in seventeen and won twelve. I think. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, but that's and that that's the problem. It's like, you know, it's weird because a couple of seasons ago it was all about you know mentality monsters and all that sort of stuff, but it feels like that. There's a little bit of that gone, you know. Like there's, uh, what, yeah. I don't know, I'm not quite sure what it is. Can't quite put my finger on what what's the cause of that. But it does feel like the like there's a, there's a there's a tendency to sort of go. Oh, it's like no. a bit of a pattern in it, but it's like yeah. I don't want to say it's complacency, but it, it it comes across as it because it's yeah. like because because we've been so good at the start of the game, and then it's like we can just take our foot off the gas now. We'll just chill out and see the game out, even from half an hour in. But then we don't react when the other team no. starts to get a foothold in the game. We don't sort of go, "Whoa, this isn't getting away from us." Let's, yeah. you know, pick it back up. We sort of get worse, and then like, you, you like that. What's up by the end of the game going? No, are we are we like clinging on here? Yeah? Just just scrape through there, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It's like, well, not only we, we scrape through, but I think we, we got a little bit of help from the officials. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, start yeah, with I the second know. goal. Start with the second goal because Oxley Chamberlain's goal there. I thought, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought the rules are now, if a player who's in an offside position makes an attempt to go for the ball, he's offside. Yeah, so because... Yeah, Firmino's offside on them rules. Yeah, yeah. He tried to play the ball, he's done off of the head, the defender has to do something. You know, if, if, if your defender just does nothing there, you know, and Firmino gets onto it, then you, you, you're crucifying your defender if the goal stands or whatever, aren't you? But he's, So the defender has to react, the keeper's got to be aware of him. You know, Firmino's making a, a move towards the ball and stuff. You're interfering with play. You're part of the the, the the play, so it's offside. Like I, you know, hundred percent. There's no know. argument, is there? I don't think there's yeah. any argument. It was definitely offside. There. Yeah, it was an absolute shambolic. To be fair, yeah. that it, and it, we said it. Well, I think one of our mates, Jolie, threw in the group. He was like, I can't believe that VAR hasn't picked up on that. I'll, I'll, like, if you've got all the benefits, like you never even that, looked at it. What are you watching? Mm. Like, what, yeah. what it's are you it's watching? like they were only looking at Oxley Chamberlain. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Considering how long. They generally take on other decisions, and sometimes it's like three, four, five minutes. Sometimes well, looking for later any, on in the game, they did any reason to disallow it to not see that 
is outrageous. Yeah, bizarre. Then they did. They did then make sure you definitely won, didn't they? By giving you the pen, which you know helps yeah, as well. Wall, it? Just you know, Stonewall. If that didn't help you enough, they just wanted to just make sure. Let's give them one more. Just make sure of this game here. Yeah, I mean, it was never a pen. I don't. I don't know whether Gary's being facetious or not. Like in saying it, it's a Stonewall. But I mean, for me, it was. I. I. It's embarrassing. I think I was watching it going. How was that even gone for us? We all we all said in the group that it was he was not pulling that back for the penalty, but the longer it went on, it was like, oh, he's got to give this year. Don't get me wrong, not complaining at all because we've had enough of them giving against us. Yeah, think yeah, back to the uh, think back to the one you've got, Calvert Lewin tripping over Trent's head, and there uh, was it Ashley West, Ashley Westwood, was it for Vill- uh, Burnley? Burnley, yeah, was they it? got one, yeah, yeah. Which was, Who was it? Westwood, was it? No, it was um, forward. Can't remember his name. He, he knocked the one into the Annie Rose and then tipped over Allison and, and got given one. So we've had enough of the same one given against us. So I'll take that all day. Yeah, and and you know, generally it is one of them, isn't it? Where it's like swings and rounds. Well, some will go for you, some will go against you. But to have two in the same game like that, and and the, the, the penalty one was just like I again, what's what's the VAR ref really like? What use is he? Because he's basically said to the ref, the referee, hasn't he? I've spent six minutes looking at it on all kinds of different angles, and I can't make a decision. You go and have a look at it on the side pitch, and you've got about ten seconds to make a call. So it's not a clear and obvious error, then, is it? No. Do you know what I mean? So it's. Uh, well, I'm not going to complain. Like, I know, yeah. <laughs> we'll that will take it all day. <laughs> yeah, and Fabinho, you know, he's he's he's, he's putting the ball in the uh, the onion bag for us, isn't he? And while Salah and Mane, like you were saying, you know, sharing the goals around and stuff, he's he's bagged a few for us now. Yeah, and, and long may that continue. Once Salah and Mane are back, we need this to carry on. You know, Oxley Chamberlain's got on the score sheet there, took it really well as well. The, you could easily have rushed that with the, the keeper rushing out at him and the, the defender coming in at him as well. And he took his time, waited for the ball to drop and, and, and finished it off well. So, yeah, Jota, we know he's got goals in him. Um, so if they can all keep chipping in when Salah Mane come back, then it, it, it looks for a, a good end to the season. Yeah, I think the, the 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 one thing that I do want to sort of say, and I keep banging on about it, but I'm going to keep banging on about it is, someone do something with that line. That high line is suicide. For us. Yeah, it's it's causing more problems than it's fixing at the minute, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely. Even if, yeah, I think if if we just it, I don't know why we persist with it. When all right, if if it starts, if it, if you start the game and it works, and you've got a you, you've caught them off a few times, all that sounds that they're falling for the trap every time. But if you start the game and they're getting in behind you a couple of times, then exactly. you need to react to that. that that's when you drop. So there's been a couple of games. can't remember what the last one was, but the Palace one, obviously, they did a couple of times. But there was another one not, not so long ago where we were saying it all game. Why are we persisting with this high line? Just drop, yeah. But it's mad. It's like, it's like we don't look at the opposition and go, actually, do we really want Van Dijk and Matter to be in a foot race with like Eze and you know Zahar and all that? It's like... Probably not, you know what I mean? Because if they beat it in, in, if they beat it once or twice, they, cl- they clean through on goal. Do you know what I mean? And and I don't know. There was there was times there yesterday when I'm looking at it and you're seeing the replay, and our our entire defense is is basically in their half, and you're like, wow. And and, and you know I've said it in the past, like we saw about Allison having to come out. There was one at home the other week, and and, and Allison's nearly at our halfway line sweeping up. It's like, yeah, what's happening here? Well, he nearly got caught out there, didn't he? But yeah. I buy the tap and he, he rushed out and then realised we ain't getting it and then had to make a bit of a jump and shave to, to not be lobbed. 
But he did, you know, we've we've seen the good in Allison there. We we have we've obviously had a couple of ropey moments in the in the past few weeks with Allison, but we've seen the the very best of him there. Kept us in it all game, I thought. He did. Yeah, it was a good performance. But you know, you, as I say, you're making your goalkeeper make them decisions where it's like, do I come or do I do I not? Like sort because the gap from him to the back line is so big. And yeah. Just a space. So I don't know. At, at some point, we've got to recognise it and just say, look, like. Do something like drop it. I don't know. And I know Phil always goes like that's key to our press though, but it, it is and it isn't. Do you know what I mean? It's like I, I don't really see is there is there that much value of Van Dyke literally standing next to Fabinho? You know, I don't mind us doing it. I don't mind us doing it. It's just like what I said before though. If if in the first 10 minutes you're getting caught out a couple of times, just react. Just even if you yeah. even if you're only reacting for the next next 10 or 15 minutes just to stop them being able to get in behind, just do that and then revert back to it at, at half time or something. But to, to carry on the whole game in that in that way when you when you are getting caught out, it's just ludicrous. Yeah, much. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But looking looking at Ed, you know, we Everyone, I've seen loads on social media going. If we go the Etihad and win, we, you know, we're, we're right back in this and all that. We've got about eight games till we go the Etihad. People are getting ahead of themselves for me there. You know, as as we've said there, with, with the Palace game alone, we we could easily have dropped points. Do you think back to the Brighton game where we have dropped points? We need to make sure we we just keep winning first. Get yeah. to the Etihad within touching distance. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's all we can do. And and hopefully, you know, we do. Like we we, we sort of snap out of this. Lacks of the easical way that we've got about us in these types of games, and could do I, without this break. Yeah, me. Well, me. I don't know because, like, I'm I'm sort of looking at it thinking it's probably a good thing, though, isn't it? You can get a few players rested up and that, you know, and then you've got you know the, the likes of Mane and Salah probably coming back, and then a few other players that maybe got niggles and knocks that might be able to to be back. So maybe it could be a good thing. I know they generally help us. Yeah, I'm just thinking more about when we do go on a bit of a run, it's because we're playing midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend. And when we have a break, it does tend to derail us a little bit or, you know, we, we, we take another couple of games to get back up to that level. So I'm just, I hope I'm wrong. Do you know what I mean? I, I hope we, we come back and we can, you know, we've got a bit of a favourable game there. We've got Cardiff when we come back, haven't we? So uh, hopefully that can bed us in nicely and we can we can hit the ground running again in the league. Mm, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's all we've got got time for this week. Just just before we go, a massive thank you to to our our long-standing um, sponsors, Camp, Camper Kings UK. Um, again, as we always say, massive fleet of, of camper vans that the guys have got over there. If you're in the Liverpool area, they're based in McGull. If you're not, jump on their website. Um, loads of deals on as usual, and I think again, I think by the end of the week we'll have a, a competition running. So if you don't subscribe to our channel already. Please do so. We'll be doing monthly competitions. So as long as you're a subscriber to our YouTube channel, you go into a draw to win one of our prizes. So we've got a few things lined up for you over the next next few months on that side. Um, thanks to Ver Clothing as well, who, who kicked the lads out. We've got a good sale on at the moment. I think there's some items on there, 70% off. So check them out as well. We will have another show out, as I said before, as we do every week this Thursday, which is Game On. We'll be covering um, higher or lower, is it, Gary, this week? Yeah. Two or false, yeah. and we'll look, be looking back in history as well. So there's a bit of trivia and a look back in, in history for both the blue sides and the red sides. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. i catch you all on Thursday. <laughs>